Sunday Gold's Florida State Baseball Podcast, Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt. Florida State, they win a series against the 16th-ranked Virginia Cavaliers, a big series win for the Seminoles, who had to have it, really, after falling to Pitt, getting swept at home by Pitt. Brett, uh, look, before we get into it, um, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to do this podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please do subscribe. Apple Pods, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Pods as well. Um, leave us a, a review, please, if you could. Give us five stars, and we want to continue to grow this podcast because we love Florida State baseball. We know those of you listening love it too, and uh, the Seminoles really put on a, a good display, I thought, of especially pitching this weekend, Brett. It was nice to see that staff kind of step up and do the things that we thought they were capable of doing. Yeah, good weekend overall. Big step forward, I thought. Um, you know, I thought energy was up. Uh, you know, that was one thing that we really, really wanted to see this weekend. Um, it looked like a team that was playing, that played, that like they knew they needed to win a game, knew they needed to win a series. Um, you know, got the job done enough those first two games. Um, you know, you lose that last game there, but, um, you know, you're never going to take a series win for granted, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, Florida State 2 0 on Friday. Uh, Saturday, they come out. It was nice to see the bats wake up a little bit, more of that approach truer to the approach that we thought Florida State would have uh, under meet this season. And then Sunday, uh, they fell on that one, uh, had all the chances in the world to be able to, to come away with the sweep. Um, and the story there was Connor Grady again. And, and we're, we're going to dive into each of the games separately, uh, our positives and our negatives from the weekend as well. Um, thank you to Madison Social for um, partnering with us and, and being kind to us. Please do make sure that you head over there before and after baseball games and um, grab yourself a, a Sunday Golds t-shirt if you can, a tank and um, some of that money goes and supports us and um, partnership that we're looking to continue. Um, Friday, let's chat about Friday. 2 nothing. Florida State wins. We thought coming in, Brett, that this would be you know multiple games of pitcher's duels, and Parker Messick would have to go up against um, Andrew Abbott, who is fantastic, um, by the way, for Virginia. And as good as Abbott was, he struck out 14 guys in five and two-thirds. Parker Messick was simply unbelievable. He was better. 114 pitches, eight innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts. And Brett, you've been saying this for weeks. You said when this guy eliminates the walks, which is who he is, he he does command the zone, he's going to be nearly unhittable. Yeah, and I mean, that was the one that we thought would definitely be a pitching duel, and you know that's really what we got, and it was just whoever got the timely hit would win. And, you know, Florida State got that from Robbie Martin early in the game, that third inning. You know, Nelly does a good job of coming around the bases on a bobble in center field as well. Um, you know, it was good to see aggression at the plate and in the, on the base pass there. Um, I'm pretty sure it was first pitch fastball um, right, off to, right after uh, a mound visit uh, that Robbie ripped right back up the middle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, game story of this game was definitely Parker. Um, just dominant, electric, really fun to watch. Um, you know, he really brought the energy to Florida State's dugout that they needed. Um, that's the best thing about Parker, really, when he's out there in the mound. Uh, you know, we saw that bulldog come back out of him. Um, you know, he's just, he just lit, lit a fire into that whole team, it felt like. Um, didn't really get the bats going, but, you know, Andrew Abbott is one of the best pitchers in the country, one of the best pitchers Florida State's going to face all year, and they got the job done. So you can't take, can't take much away from that and just them getting the win there. Um, you know, you, get, you go one for four. Um, with runners in scoring position, that's all you need to win that game there because of how good Parker was. And, you know, this is kind of what I've expected. I've been waiting for this kind of outing from Parker just because, you know, I feel like I've seen every every single collegiate outing for Parker since he's come to college except for maybe one in the summer league. But, you know, this is just who he is. He doesn't give up much hard contact. He attacks the zone with four pitches now. 
Um, and that was the biggest thing I thought for him on Friday was just he had all four pitches working for him instead of two or three. And whenever he, you know, was starting to get teed up off or, or not teed up, but timed up on one pitch, he could just go to another one. So, I mean, that's your ACC pitcher of the week now. I mean, that was just really fun to watch all around. Watch him let some of those screams out was was really fun to see after last weekend. Yeah, and, you know, we – we asked for some energy, right? Like that was something that we both wanted to see was regardless of the outcome of the weekend, the sense of urgency, like you said. I mean, just we wanted to see the team play like it was a postseason, like a postseason series. And they did. I thought Parker set the tone. Um, Tyler Martin really had a great weekend, four for 10 overall. He got on base so many times. And uh, dare I say, he might be the best leadoff hitter in the ACC. Like this I, kid, think he's, this I think he's up there for best in the country with maybe Florida's Jacob Young, to be honest. He's awesome. And and Tyler gets better and better, and you think about it, and he's just a redshirt freshman, and you go, man, Florida State gets him for a couple more years? Um, amazing. It really is. And we're going to talk about more about Tyler as we keep going on. Andrew Abbott, you mentioned, uh, is a stud. I actually was able to talk to Brian O'Connor. who was doing the games this weekend on TV, and Brian and I, you know, Coach O'Connor and I talked, and um, Andrew Abbott was actually supposed to go pro. They, they didn't think they would get him back. He stuck to a figure that he really wanted. And, you know, we've talked about in the past, the five round draft and how many people ended up coming back because of it. Andrew Abbott was one of those reasons. And, um, he was nasty, man, like 95 with the fastball up to 95. And that breaking ball is one of the best in the country. He had it going on. Florida state really looked baffled, but the one thing FSU did in this game and, we knew that FSU could do it. This Virginia staff, folks, does not walk people. They came in on the year with, I think, 30 walks on the entire year for the entire staff. They walked Florida State 25 times or so this weekend um, in three games. Andrew Rabbit had, uh, I want to say, two walks coming into to his outing. Walked four. And what happens? I think he walked Tyler Martin um, and Robbie, and then Robbie Martin comes. Th- uh, and he, I think uh, he, he put, no, he walked Martin and Nelson mm-hmm. in the same inning. And we talked about timely hits, and Robbie Martin comes up with it. So this FSU team grinded at bats against a really good pitcher. They got a, a heroic performance from Parker Messick. Hunter Purdue came in and did what Hunter Purdue, um, I think, is going to do consistently when Florida State officially names him their closer. Um, and the Knowles win game one, Brett. It was good, and I know you've you got a point you want to make, um, but just, I guess, tailor it into this. We, we needed game one. I think yeah. we talked about Florida State having to have game one. Not just game one, but also an early lead. I think that was something else that we hit on uh, right before going out of that last, last podcast, just that you know Florida State needed something going their way to have some positive, positivity in the dugout. Um, it just looked like a different team once they got that lead. Um, and then Parker just really started to dial in and just take over. But um, the other well, the point what I was going to make was uh, Purdue, who you just brought up. Um, good to see him come in there and work in a crucial situation. You know, Hunter was a starter, a starter in Juco, and this is kind of his first time in those high leverage situations. You know, I asked him after the game how much he liked it, and he just he said he loved it. He loved being able to be trusted and be out there in those big moments. Um, you know, you, I don't think you still have seen, still haven't seen the best Hunter Purdue. Um, the, he's had struggled a little bit with his breaking balls and getting them down, but once he starts getting those down and he starts to get more settled in during those, you're going to see a really dominant pitcher. Uh, my favorite play of the day was when <laughs> that last down. I mean. He gets hit with an absolute shot right in the back, just turns around, picks it up, throws it to first base, and lets down a massive yell. And even after the game, he's like, I ain't feeling it yet, but I'll probably start feeling it soon. But I'm pretty pumped up. But, you know, just that energy that Florida State's pitchers brought the whole game was really exciting to see, I thought. You know, no walks the whole game, nine innings. I mean, that's Florida State's not going to lose when they don't walk anybody much. Not only did they not walk anybody, Brett, 
zero goose egg on the air column. Uh, that's how you do it. Pitching and defense, it wins. It finds ways to. I win. mean, what, what did we? What did I say? What did I say going going into that series? I said timely hits, throw strikes, make routine plays, and that's what they did. And I won, even though they strike out eighteen times. When Florida State does those three things, they're going to win a lot of games. I think. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was awesome. I know you were pumped. I was pumped. Um, I have to be, you know, very neutral on these broadcasts. But as soon as it ended, we had a text message exchange that was just huge. Uh, Eric Llewellyn, the radio play-by-play guy for Florida State Baseball, texts me as soon as the game ends and goes, man, that was huge. And it's like, yeah, everyone felt it. FSU has needed had needed an opening day win, um, an opening series, you know, an opening game of a series win. And look, man, Parker Messick, Hat tip to you, golden sticker, whatever you want, helmet sticker. If they do it in college football, you get gold it. Gold star, gold. You did it, man. That's that. That's freaking big time. It was a, it was a pitching performance that I would say it's you know of the ages. It was all career highs, but like I feel like we're gonna see that again from Parker. It's just it's, it, it is hard not to get pumped up when Parker strikes somebody out and starts freaking out out there in the mound. I mean, it's hard. He's not got to, some psychopath to him. I kind of love it. I love it. I love the Ricky Vaughn. Uh, the craziness and keep it Parker's up. Parker's one of those guys where it's completely different off the field too. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had him on he the seems pod. Like a good dude yeah. on the field. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't care uh, how he is in between the lines. Uh, do your thing, man. Um, no runs and in eight innings, 11 strikeouts, whatever works. Um, so yeah, Florida State wins game one, uh, two to nothing. Uh, Tyler Martin, two for three. Uh, Robbie Martin, the big RBI uh, to, to help Florida State with that base hit in the third. And the Knowles take the game. Um, moving on to Saturday, this one was actually even more exciting because you got pitching in game one and the debut of Bryce Hubbard as a starter in this rotation, Carson Montgomery, he's going to go against USF on Tuesday at four o'clock. Bryce Hubbard, man, (laughs) he comes out and six innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, six strikeouts. And he looked every bit is in command. And it was like, how do you follow Parker Messick? And Bryce Hubbard said, oh, my, uh, my curveball's pretty good, too. Uh, I can locate, too. And when I'm on, um, I've got the best stuff on this staff. And I thought Hubbard set the tone, and the offense followed suit. There were a lot of nice things about this game. I think I texted you a couple times through the first six innings. I think I'm going to cry. This is so goddamn beautiful right now. <laughs> I mean, there were just a lot of things going well. I mean, when Bryce has his curveball down in the zone, he's going to be nearly unhittable. Um, you know, he works well in the, with the fastball up in the zone, tunnels it well with the curveball, just buckles guys' knees all day, um, righties, lefties, just does what he does. Um, seeing him, his tempo was, I felt his tempo was a lot better than last year. Um, he seemed a lot more composed this year. Uh, there's just a lot different this year since he's moved to the other side of the rubber, which was something that Belly did with him. You know, I asked him after the game how much he likes working with Belly, and he just said, you know, I could not have asked for a better pitching coach in the entire country. Um, but, you know, offense, too. I thought that was the best approach we've seen from the offense so far this year. Um, I'm looking at the numbers here. Five for eight, leadoff hitters getting on. Six for six with runners on third, less than two ounce. Uh, one for two bases loaded, 15 to 28. Um, with advancement opportunities Uh, just a lot of good situational hitting Uh, not only that but Florida State kind of they put they put Virginia away when Virginia gave them chances you know I I I thought that this going into this it was a good matchup against McGarry I thought they would strike out against McGarry but I also thought they would make McGarry uh, throw a lot of walks at them basically Um, and then just the hits they had to the opposite field, opposite field, opposite field. That's where a lot of the damage was. And, you know, that's what Meat wants them doing. When they're using all fields, that's when they're really going to go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the offense and, um, 
we we saw some some patient approach. We saw a pre- we saw a patient approach, and I thought the key again, Florida State baseball for years has been find ways to get on base, high OBP, and have the key hit. And I think Florida State did that this weekend, and especially Saturday. It was nice to see Matt Nelson come through with a with a big hit, a couple RBIs. Tyler had a really big hit. Yeah, he did. And 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 you know what? We continue to say Robbie Martin. I think is starting to, you know, get closer to that approach that was working for him. Um, I think he had a sack fly. The opposite sack, field. yeah, that sack fly was a really nice piece of hitting. I think it was third down inning? below his knees. Mm, yeah, was that the first run of the game? It was third inning. I think I'm, I'm looking at the play by play. Down below his knees, uh, you know, runner on third. Runners on the corners, you can't hit a ground ball. You don't want it to ground a double play. Got it up in the air um, for the sack fly. Just good situational hitting. I thought Florida State had a lot of productive outs on Saturday, and when Florida State makes productive outs, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, Nelson walked uh, to have the RBI, a great at-bat there. Um, the McGarry kid was dealing through two innings and then just, I don't want to say lost it. but train, like, He just off the train track. Yeah, he got two or three. But that's just kind of what this Florida yeah. State team can do, like, you know, they're not really going to pressure you with a ton of contact we've seen, but Florida State can pressure a pitcher in the way that they're just going to make them work more than usual. And I think that's what we saw with Abbott and with, with uh, McGarry. Yeah, and then, you know, the fourth inning comes around and Florida State gets the Vince Smith the RBI double. You saw um, a, couple, a couple of walks in that inning. And, uh, yeah, you know, I thought Garrett Mathis came in and gave you something. Um, oh, we had, we had a nice text conversation before the it game. It was a quick text conversation. I asked, uh, what does Garrett Mathis bring to the table? Well, I don't know about this one. And Brett goes, well, what else do you want to do? And I was like, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> Might as well try something. I mean, Garrett, Mathis, like, Garrett Mathis is a guy that hit 380 in one year in Juco in a full season. And, yep. you know, you don't hit 380 in a full season of baseball at any level and not be able to hit. And, you know, all weekend he put the ball in play, and I thought that was, you know, I think that's one of the positives we'll get to later on. Yeah, and uh, you said DeSantis had a big hit. Florida State kind of ended this game, right, like by – by any four, it was good to see them put the put the yeah. foot on the throat. That's what you want to see, right? And I thought was the only error of the game an outfield error between was that yeah. was that uh, the Albert yeah. Martin gaff? I'll hold that. I'll hold. I'll hold that a seventh inning for my negatives. Yeah, I think the only thing I want to mention about it though is Florida State played great infield defense again. Yeah, um, and relatively good outfield defense. Reese made a nice play in the weekend. Um, Robbie made some some decent plays running towards the line. Um, yeah, I mean. I see one error here, but like, folks, defense was a highlight for me this weekend. Like, I mean, nine seventy-seven after nine I'm games. It. I'm taking it. And then Bryce Hubbard, we talked about him. Man, he was he was awesome. <laughs> I mean, Bryce was giving some energy, energy too, to, man. Yeah, come on, Bryce. Bryce was waving hitters off. I think before the ball was even Let's in the go. glove. I mean, I was pumped. I was get happy off the for him. field, man. And he only eighty-two pitches. Like he could have gone. Yeah, he was taken out just because, I mean, it was non-competitive at that point. Yeah, and Virginia, I think, didn't score a run for 15 innings against Florida State. It they took, didn't. I mean, they didn't score an earned run that game either. It was at the seventh. Yeah, they got something going on, on the, the Florida State miscues. But a uh, good series win for Florida State overall. They clinch it on Saturday and then uh, Sunday. So Sunday, to me, not exactly like Friday's game. I was going to say it was a reversal of, of, of Friday's game, but in favor for Virginia, sort of. Um, Vassal, wow, he was awesome, man. <laughs> Mike Vassal is really good. And this Virginia staff, Brett and I agreed, is probably one of the best two or three FSU will face all season, if if not the best. So we'll have to see how the season plays out. But this is definitely safely one of the best three staffs, and it could be the best. Uh, Vassal goes six and a third. He was pretty dominant. Florida State had nothing it felt like for five or six innings. Um, but 
as the later innings came on, um, the reason Florida State had a chance in this game is because Connor Grady was dominant himself. Had a couple of hard luck plays where um, Elijah and Nander misplay, miscommunicate on a pop-up into shallow left field, and um, that drops in with two outs and gets a run home. And then Rivoli, I think, had a, a soft base hit there um, to get another run home. But Brett Connor Grady, really, after about like the second inning, it might be some of the best pitching I've seen him seen him have in an outing that he's had in Tallahassee in his career. Yeah, and five five of his hits he gave up. I mean, all five of his hits he gave up were in the first three innings, and I felt like only one of them was hard hit, only one down the first baseline. Um, other than that, they were all, I mean, three doubles, but you know, one comes on a bloop and another one comes on a chopper right down the third baseline. Um, you know, even from the very first inning, I had a scout text me, this is the best I've ever seen Connor Grady. Like, this is the best stuff I've ever seen from Connor Grady. Um, you know, Mike Martin said after the game, this is the best he's ever thrown, and Connor second to that said it's the best he's ever felt. Um, the velocity was up with the fastball. You know, Connor, I don't even know if he got above 90 in his last start, and he was sitting with 92 in his last inning at work um, in the seventh inning on, on Sunday. So that was really good to see from him. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Connor throw the ball so well. Um, he was in- efficient in command. I don't think he walked anybody. Um, down in the zone um, just just really good to see all the way all the way through I mean those what did he finish with 14 straight retired or something like that yeah I mean he was he was just dominant after the after that third inning really and he got better as the game went along and that's like a sign of of you've really got it going and you're yeah. mature and I, mean, and I think that was one of the first times I've ever seen Connor show emotion I think on his strikeout in the seventh inning I think it was like a 10 pitch at bat to tapping yeah and it was just yeah. like change it was like slider 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 change of changes and then he finally got him with I think a change up in the last pitch and you know Connor got pretty pumped up you don't usually see that from Connor um super composed guy but that, that was that was fun to see him start to get the guys going a little bit there and then Wyatt Crowell comes in and whoo that's that's a freshman and he looked dominant it was nasty, especially to lefties. Like, they had nothing going against him. Two innings, um, complete zeros across the board, four strikeouts. And we said this before the season, too, Brett, and I think Florida State fans know that um, there's going to be some games like this where it's going to be low scoring. FSU's going to keep you in it. They're going to give you a shot. That staff's going to give you a chance. Friday, the bats were able to find the key hit. Sunday, they were not. And the Knolls got one in the seventh. They put a lot of pressure on. Uh, but Virginia's pretty good too in the staff, folks. Like we've said that Stephen Shock came in, the closer. That kid was gross. Yeah, he he comes in, and, and Brett texts me, "This is uh, Pat Neshek, uh 2.0." And uh, good luck, Vince, because that was Vince Smith had the first crack at him, and um, Shock a couple times I think had bases loaded, um, and was able to get out of it. Um, and so you know what? Yeah, tip, I, I kind of tip my cap to use an eleven uh, to an elevenism, uh, we'll call it, and. Um, Virginia got it done. Florida State, you know, they had bases loaded in the eighth, nobody out, uh, but they were kind of they were kind of handcuffed this game. Um, Matt Nelson gets hurt on Saturday. Hopefully, he's fine. Um, Brett seems, you know, Brett's talked to him and he seems to think that that Nelly's going to be okay long term. But how long is it before he gets a cast off and can grip a bat, can can catch comfortably again? Because he's so key, Brett. Um, and you saw Colton Vincent wasn't the answer there on that day. Three strikeouts and some big situations. And you just you can't you don't have anyone else um, to put there. So you can't pinch hit. You can't really do a whole lot. Nelly's so crucial to this team. And Logan Lacey as well didn't play in this one. Um, that's another key bat. So Florida State ends up losing 2-1 to one on this day. Had all the opportunities, though, for a sweep. I would say that's it was a slight disappointment um, to Sunday not get the win. I think it was a pretty big disappointment just because, I mean, Florida State leaves three, 11 guys on base. 
Virginia leaves three. You leave the bases loaded back-to-back innings. Um, I mean, you're 0 for 5 with bases loaded, 0 for 3 with runners on third, less than two outs, 0 for 11 with runners in scoring positions, 0 for 9 with two outs. I mean, they just never got the timely hit. Um, you know, one of the runs in the – I mean, the first inning run really should have been – is not unearned in the book, but it really was a run that Florida State did not make Virginia earn. Um, you know, it was just – it was an opportunity to Florida State for Florida State to wipe out the sweep from the weekend before – um, you know, three and three feels a lot different than two and four going into the third weekend of ACC play. Um, I mean, it leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth, but it doesn't take away from how Florida State played for the whole weekend. Um, it's just the the way it happened is really stinging. Um, you know, I came away from that day just thinking, uh, you know, what kind of what you said, we're just handcuffed, not many things you can do. Um, go, going back to Crowell, though. Man, that was that was good to see. I mean, that was really good to see. Um, him and Hubbard were kind of in the same boat in fall where they were both throwing really well. And kind of the last few weeks, they ran into injuries and were kind of shut down. And they had a slower start to the spring. But both of those guys seem to really be kicking it back into gear now. And Corral, I mean, he has he is man. That was no, I don't even know what to say about it. That was that was fun to watch. I mean, I think I don't even know what you texted me. You were just like, hello, whoa. I was just like, what was he, 91-93? I mean, wipeout slider. I think he had 21 pitches, six up, six down, four Ks. Like, Virginia was clueless hitting against him. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a low three-fourth arm slot. I mean, he's a kid that was regularly sitting like 87, 88 in high school. And in the fall, he was up to 95, 96. I mean, this kid is going to be really, really good for a long time for Florida State. But, you know, yeah, those, the situational hitting was as bad as he gets. Yeah, that was that was tough. Um, and, you know, your Florida State, their fans were like rolling their eyes and go, we've seen this story before. I mean, we're, we're the uh, kings of ducks on the pond. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, I feel your pain. It was frustrating. Just no productive outs. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you bases loaded, no outs, and you don't do anything with it. Not have, a single thing. I mean, Nander, have, the bunt attempt, nice play by Ortiz on the scoop throw from the glove. I yeah. get, I know some people were questioning, why would you do that? Well, it's not like, it's not like Nander's, been off to a hot start and it's not like the people behind him have been off to a great start either. So I get, I get the decision. You're trying to put pressure on Virginia. You had to make a perfect play. You mentioned that it would have to be a perfect play from Ortiz to Michaels and the Cavaliers made the play. My problem. I just thought, I thought Nander should have gone to third base with it. I felt like, you know, I think and if you go to really third early. base, if you go to third base, if you angle to third base, third baseman comes crashing in. So then Robbie can come crashing in with him instead of having to wait because you don't want to have it missed and then it gets thrown out. But if you go to third base, third base comes crashing in. Even if Nander misses, there's not going to be anybody at third base unless the shortstop comes over. I mean, it's a much harder play for a defense to make. Um, Ortiz didn't make a perfect play. I mean, the bigger issue is Asman striking out um, with no outs. Um, you know, I think he fouled off a couple. But, you got. I mean, that's the matchup you want there, righty-lefty. Um, you know, I don't think you bunt there just because that's the matchup you like. I... I don't mind bunting with Nander because I just don't – I don't see anybody getting – I don't see a right-handed hitter getting a hit off of that kid. I mean, that, there are a lot of body parts moving. You could barely see the ball coming out of his hand. I mean, that thing is – it's, it's a slider is sweeping away from you. I mean, what does this kid have, a zero ERA in like seven innings this year or something? I mean, yeah, I don't I don't mind the bunt. I don't. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, a lot of questions on Twitter, a lot of people questioning me on – on Sunday, there were definitely some questionable things, but I don't think the bunt was was one for me. Yeah, and then you know the seventh inning, Florida State also had a chance. Um, I know we jumped ahead to the eighth, but 
the seventh and the eighth, Florida State had a chance. And then the ninth, uh, Tyler Martin off the screen. And I'm thinking, here we go. And he missed a home run probably by, I mean, a few feet. It wasn't close to the top of the screen, but it also wasn't, you know, it was on the upper half of the screen. Um, and then Robbie Martin hit the ball decent to, to first. You know, like he made, he squared it up. Like it wasn't a rocket shot, but he hit it, he hit it well enough to where if it's in the right spot, that's that's got enough velocity off of it to to tie the game. So tough loss for Florida State. I I think a missed opportunity is the best way to describe it. Overall positive weekend. Uh, the Knowles needed two out of three. We both said that we would be happy with a series win. A series sweep would have really just evened you back up and got you back on on a track. But now Florida State's got work to do. And uh, up next, Virginia Tech on the road, and they are really good. So. Um, they are surprising a lot of people, and they just—they've been winning series left and right down in Coral Gables, and then just beat North Carolina. So it's going to be different, um, and we'll, we'll preview that on a different podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really wanted to touch on from this game specifically. There was one, and it's—it's it's blanking me. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. It may come to me at some point, but um, I like that we—we we saw some runners moving. Um, this weekend, Florida State definitely tried to push the issue. Uh, we did see a Reese Albert, um, a bunt single. Virginia, um, as as much as any team in college baseball, really applies advanced analytics, and so they were shifting on all of Florida State's lefties like crazy. I mean, it was it was there pretty much for everyone. Um, I mean, <laughs> Reese Reese is one of those guys on the baseball field that is a savvy guy. I mean, I think he was chuckling his butt off running down to first base, and you know, Reese comes running around the bases and does a – I don't even know what to call that slide. I don't know, just a straight-up body slam on the home plate, <laughs> basically. I Puts really his head right into the think, dirt. I don't think that but, went as planned for him. That wasn't what he thought he was trying to do. But Yeah, but it was good to see a veteran do that, especially, you know, with Reese struggling. Um, you know, Reese is probably one of the concerns coming out of that weekend. But, you know, like you said, there was definitely more of meat putting pressure on a, on a team this weekend with hit and runs – steals, bunts. I mean, the reasons that some of these bunts are getting called are just because he's trying to take the bat out of guys' hands and just make other teams make plays instead of striking out. So for me, it's hard for when people complain about strikeouts but also complain about the bunting because it's like, well, which one would you rather have? I mean, you just at the end of the day, you're going to have one or the other kind of in that situation. So it's just, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't mind it. And like you said, I sh- it's just part of me putting pressure on teams, I think. Yeah, so Florida State wins the series against Virginia. Good stuff, Knowles. And that's that's what we like to see. Top 20 win, you, those will work. And I think this Virginia team right now is struggling in the lineup mightily. Like, they came in really struggling, but they were, like, preseason top 10. I mean, they were number two like after some, week two. They have a lot of experience back in that lineup, and I think if you if it's fair to say that FSU, we think, could turn it around offensively and figure it out with, with some of the veterans, then Virginia probably could too. And those are some guys that – have hit for, for quite a bit in college. And so if you're a Seminole right now, you're probably rooting for Virginia to be pretty damn good the rest of the season. That's got to be a marquee win for you all, hey, all North, year. North Florida beat Georgia one game. They did. Uh, Oral Roberts won the series at LSU. Oh, Can you believe that? Hey, man, they beat them 22-7 to seven in one game. Yeah. I mean, Holy it's hell. amazing. Um, you, yeah. want, you want some numbers here? Oregon, Oregon swept UC Santa Barbara, who was number seven. So on. Why was UC Santa Barbara number seven? Don't get me started in the rankings. They really mean nothing at this point in the season. But anyway, um, let's stay. We'll stay on track here and, and talk positives and negatives. Brett, I'll let you take this one away. Um, first, we'll start with. Uh, Want to start with the good? Yeah, let's go. I mean, 
<laughs> the numbers on Florida State's pitching staff this weekend are a joke. I mean, 27 innings pitched, walked four guys, struck out 34, I think gave up 14 hits or something like that. I mean, they were just dominant. They were in command of the zone, efficient. You know, it was the first time I felt like we saw, you know, that model that they use, uh, any any pitch, anytime, anywhere, three pitches for strikes. We saw that from basically every Florida State pitcher this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, the starters were just uh, – it, it doesn't get better than that. I mean, th- that was the first time that Florida State really showed who they are in the weekend rotation as a whole staff. I mean, we didn't even see – we didn't see Clayton Kwiatkowski. We didn't see Brandon Walker. Uh, we're trying to think of some of the other names. We didn't, we didn't see Carson Montgomery. I mean, there were a ton of really good arms that we didn't even see this weekend. And this Florida State staff still put up absolutely ridiculous numbers. Yeah, that's what we were promised. It was, you know, Meat was the one who said top 10. It's a top 10 pitching staff, right? Like He said, I mean, I think he said at some point that he thought it could be the very best. Yeah, I mean, this is what it looks like. And... If Carson Montgomery figures it out, you know, and then puts it together on Tuesday, le- less pressure, you know, not being in the rotation, that he can start working on some things. I mean, damn. <laughs> this is good. This is a really good staff. And they did it against, uh, I don't want to say it's the best lineup they'll face all, all year. You do it against Georgia Tech or Louisville or Miami. and that well, I mean, it's a veteran lineup. Yeah, least. we're talking. Um, so, tip of the cap, man. Good job, all of you. Messick, Hubbard, Grady, bullpen. Good work. Knowles, you'll take that every time. I mean, how many earned runs this weekend? Two. Yeah. I mean, zero through the first 18 innings. Folks, they do that. I promise you. They're going to win uh, a lot of series this year. They're going to be back on to, on track for where they need to be, and um, I do believe this offense will continue to get better. I saw. I think one of my positives was just uh, the Robbie Martin, I thought, started to put together some better at-bats, and that's someone I said that we really need to see be consistent, and I thought I, I thought he, it's starting to come come around for him. Results don't always mean – um, progress and you know myself and Chip Baker talked about that throughout the weekend on the broadcast like some of these guys are doing things that are starting to be you're, you're building good habits and you're building foundation um, Tyler Martin's on fire Vince Smith I think is starting to to show you some things as well um, Nander had a big hit when you needed it uh, but I think we both agree right like the key uh, Nelly has to get healthy you'd like to see Lacey in the lineup most days and yeah, this lineup I think still has a chance to be solid, especially if you're going to give up. And I'm not saying Florida State's going to give up only two earned runs every single weekend. Like that's not realistic, but it is realistic to have the advantage on the mound three times. Like the Knolls can do that; they they can at least match up with anyone. And so uh, good to see. It's good to see. I for me the the best positive was I just wanted to. Gut, this is a gut check. It was a gut check weekend, and you don't like to say gut check this early in the season. But it was like you got swept by Pitt, who lost two of three at Duke, and yeah, like you had to see what you were made of. You could not lose this series. There was no way. If you lose this series, you are way behind the eight ball of of even just making a regional at some point. And so good for Florida State. Everything I think is back on track, and uh, the Knowles they'll just keep going. Okay, I have some some more positives. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, like Tyler Martin, like he said, I mean, but nine walks and two strikeouts, two doubles and two strikeouts. I mean, he's it's just as good as it gets. It's really fun to watch him hit right now. Um, you know, there's just there's just not many things that he doesn't do well right now. Um, you know, I thought Garrett Mathis was a positive. Um, you know, seven at bats, only one strikeout, um, one walk, uh, two hits. <laughs> um, you know, I think I would like to see him and Dylan Simmons start to platoon in that uh, DH spot. Uh, you know, another positive, I thought, you know, Vince Smith's numbers still aren't there. 
you know, 115, but I thought he put together a lot of at-bats. I thought he looked really strong in the field um, at third base and second base. You know, third base, thought he put together a really nice game, had one diving play, had a few really good throws. Uh, you know, second base, he was really strong as well. Just I think he just struggled a little bit with a couple of turns at second base. But other than that, he was really good. You know, he's a guy that has really shown some good play discipline so far, seven walks to nine strikeouts, one of the lower strikeout numbers on this team so far. Um, you know, he's hitting 115, but on base percentage is 303, and two of his hits are go for extra bases. I just think it's it's about to click for him. I think he's going to be a positive in this lineup for Florida State. Um, yeah, and I thought Robbie had a few more better at-bats. You know, I thought Saturday was really good to see him start going um, and putting the – you know, I think he was hitting the ball with authority to left field was the biggest thing, not just that he was hitting it to left field, but the authority that he was hitting it with was something that was really good to see. And then just to see Davis Hare close down a game and be consistent again, um, you know, that's a really, I think, I think the closer spot is starting to become Hare versus um, Purdue. And I think, and maybe Corral as well, but you're starting to see those guys starting to addition in those spots. And I thought, I mean, all those guys did well this weekend. So that was really good to see Florida State. And he's going to have a lot of reliable options late in games. Negatives. Yeah. So my biggest negative from this weekend um, Elijah Cabell seems to be a, a really big liability in the field right now. Um, you know, he had two misplayed balls this weekend. I think, I think he had two last weekend as well. Um, he had a couple that he caught that he seemed to struggle with really that he almost missed and he almost let it go over his head. Um, you know, he had that miscommunication with Nander that cost, uh, Connor a run. It seemed like that ball was his ball all the way, but he just kind of wasn't coming at it full speed, and Nander had to sell out, and that led to that ball dropping in the field. Um, it just seems that his – you know, Elijah was never a great fielder, and he put on that extra weight. He seems a little bit slower in the outfield, and he also hasn't he hasn't had any live looks in the outfield. And I mean, even since – basically since last season with the injuries he had in fall and spring. So he just seemed – I think – I think he could be a guy that needs to get moved to DH soon if he keeps being a liability for Florida State in the field. And then just the at-bats he had this weekend, he just seemed just seemed like he wasn't very confident. Um, you know, lots of swing and misses. And when he wasn't swinging and missing, it looked like he was just swinging to not strike out. You know, there were a couple at-bats on Sunday where I felt like he was basically half swinging, just trying not to strike out. And, you know, you, you don't want to see him – get too big, but you also don't want to get him, see him to get too small and get two in his head. Um, you know, three, one fastball outside of the zone. He swings at and grounds out to first base, um, with two runners on. Can't do that. Um, swings at a fastball that was basically spiked on a OO count in the fifth inning with two runners on and in the second game as well. I mean, it just seemed like he was not very comfortable in the outfield or in the box all weekend. I thought. I just have to, I really just have two negatives and because um, you've touched on most of them, I think that's pretty good synopsis of the things that needed to go better. Um, one was just leaving the bases loaded the way they did. Um, Sunday as a whole was a down for me. Um, obviously, there was bright spots like the pitching, but you had a sweep. Like I was thinking in my head, you know, just because I had a lack of confidence that the hit was coming, that I was thinking, please bean him, please walk him. Please, please, blue pit. You know, I'm thinking like blue pit. Come on, just right now, wild pitch. Come on, like I'm asking, like in my head, I'm asking Virginia to mess up because it's like I didn't think Florida State was gonna make the play to win it. Um, and that's that's a negative because they're leaving too many people on base, too many strikeouts. And um, the only other negative for me, and I'll throw it back to you, is didn't get any Chick Fil A on Saturday. 
Um, nine runs. Come on, man. Here we got free tacos every game. That's though. that's a tease. I didn't get any free tacos. Where do I? Where do you get the coupons? Or is Tijuana's, it just a, man? Tijuana. Where's the Where's the coupon? It's on Twitter, man. It's to, a photo. What? You just show it to him. And they just folks, I've gotten tacos ten of the last twelve days from Tijuana. Man, that. Tell me you're twenty one without telling <laughs> me you're twenty one. <laughs> Um, I, man, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> smart. I'm just smart. I take advantage of things that come my way, okay? So they just give you tacos? You just, okay. So does everybody need me to explain this? Yes. Okay. So when you Florida State strikes down eight batters, there's a coupon code that goes out on Twitter that has a picture, and that they cannot scan it. It's just a code, so they can't, there's no way for them to tell that you already used it. And there's also three codes that all expired at the end of the week. So at Florida State home games, so you can go Monday through Friday and get one free taco by just telling them I'm using the FSU baseball code. Unless, Me and my roommate do it every day. Unless you're Brett and you just change hoodies and go back in for just wear a different mask. Two tacos just wear a different mask. All, All right. right, back well, to my negatives. Yeah, though. no, no, no. That, that's good stuff. That was those are my negatives. This is the most. <laughs> the taco part is going to be the most. The most uh, influential part of the entire podcast, probably, but. I have two more negatives. Um, first of all, the miscommunications this weekend. One, that Nander play with Elijah. Two, the play in, in center, left, right center field between Robbie and uh, Reese. Um, I don't really know what was going on there. Um, it seemed like Robbie was settled under it, and Reese was kind of you know dead sprint all the way from center field all the way to right field. Um, I think Robbie backed up the last second, and Reese kind of just whiffed on it, and you know they get a run out of that. And they actually end up getting four runs out of that because of, because of two ounce uh, bases loaded hits. But then the very next pitch, you have a miscommunication between Jack Anderson and Matthew Nelson. Um, I think I believe that Nelly was looking for a slider, got a fastball, gets handcuffed, gets hit right in the thumb, um, and that kind of leads me right into my next negative. And it's just an injury bug that's really hitting Florida State right now. Um, you know, I've got people tweeting at me all the time. Why wouldn't you do this, 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 this? Florida State does not have much of any depth right now because of injuries. Um, you know, now you have Nelly has got this thumb injury. You don't really know where that's going to go. Lacey's got a hand injury from sliding. Um, we don't really know where he's at. Um, Baz Jimenez is out. I mean, we'll get into the catcher situation in mailbacks. I think there's a catcher there, but, um, Ryan Romano has a face injury from practice where he'd be an interfielder guy. Um, you know, Tyler Martin can't really throw, so he can't move from first base. Um, there's just a lot of injuries right here, right now. Um, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but there's there's a reason why Meat isn't doing certain things, and it's just because he doesn't have the guys available to him. And you know, without depth and without, I mean, it's just going to handcuff Florida State for a while. And seeing it start to come to light on Sunday, and seeing Meat not be able to do the things he wanted most of the time, um, that was worrisome for me. I mean, we don't really know where a lot of these guys are at, but Florida State started got to start to get really got to start to get healthy soon. Yeah. These are more fun uh, when Florida State wins the series, but I have to say uh, it's a lot more fun. So two out of three for FSU. Good work, Seminoles and uh, the Knowles. Now uh, four and five, I think, on the year and two and four in the ACC. So, yeah, they dug themselves in quite a hole, so they got to dig themselves out of it, and this was a good start. Are we going to do math again? No, no, we're going to do mailbag. Okay. All right, Brett, back to you. All right, so – I think we should go to my mom for the first question. Uh, my mother, my mom was the first person to text me after the game and said, where can I leave questions for the mailbag? Can you send your kid some money so he can eat and stop going to get free tacos? Is that okay? 
<laughs> free tacos are good, man. I don't know what to say. I go every day, 11 out of 12 days. Tijuana is good. I don't know what to say, okay? I just like it. Ramen noodles, man. That is not me. That is my roommate eats ramen noodles every day. All right, back. Keep going. My mom says, what does T-Mart see at the plate that other hitters don't, and can it be taught or just a gift? You, um, yeah. I, okay. It's your family. Well, so you first of it. all, the thing with Tyler is Tyler's, I mean, I asked him this question kind of not the same wording, but I asked him this question a couple weeks ago. Um, and basically Tyler has been doing this approach ever since he was a little kid. It's not something that he has to come here and learn. It's what meat has taught him since he was in little league. Um, you know, he kind of just has always learned spin. Um, he's always been taught to attack fastballs, lay off things below the zone. You know, I think some of our other guys right now are just locking up in certain situations, kind of overthinking things. Um, you know, it's hard to teach spin. It's something that can be taught. The ability to re- teach spin, I mean, it's something that can be taught somewhat. Um, you know, I just think as guys got to buy in more to the whole approach. And, you know, Tyler's been bought into it for 10 years when some kids are just starting to learn it right now. So that's. I just think that's the reason why... He is so far ahead at sometimes, you know, Tyler just, I mean, he's just good at, just good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, he's been fun to watch. I mean, I think you answered the question really well. It's, I, I would be lying if I said that I thought when Tyler Martin got here that I thought he would be valuable to Florida State. And I think he knows that he's played with a chip on his shoulder his entire life. He's, he's heard everything that's, that's out there to say, and he's proven everybody wrong. And uh, he deserves he deserves all the credit in the world. He's not only capable of being a D1 player, we're at Florida State or Florida State quality, and it has nothing to do with his family line or his dad or his grandfather. This kid hits, and this kid's good, and this kid's going to get drafted. So, so be prepared for it. Tyler Martin is arguably one of the best leadoff hitters in college baseball. Good for you, kid. Um, all right, next question. Um, Chris Klein asks, um, at Chris Klein two four seven asked on a Sunday Gold's account, why do we continue to use Nico Baldor as a pinch hitter? Back to you, Brett. <laughs> well, my question has been: if you are pinch hitting Nico for Elijah, why do you have Elijah hitting fourth if you don't have confidence in him to hit in the big moments? But I will say, I think there are reasons. I know somewhat why they would do it. I understand the reasons they would do it but I don't understand why, why you would hit Elijah fourth if you don't trust him. Um, a couple reasons. Well, first of all, was just the way Elijah was playing this weekend. Um, you know, some of those defensive miscues I talked about. Um, I think on Friday, I think on Saturday he came out because he swung at that, the curveball in the dirt on an OO count when the guy was struggling with, with, um, with his command. You know, if it's always been in practice. If you do that kind of stuff, you know, next hitter, we're going to get a new hitter. You just can't do that stuff. And I don't think Meat really cares who it is in the lineup. That's just kind of what he's going to do. And Elijah just wasn't seeing the ball very well this weekend. Um, Sunday, I believe it was so that Nico could come in and bunt. Nico is, I mean, Nico is Nico, um, but Nico does certain things well. Um, Nico is their best bunter. Uh, That was what he was brought in to do. Ends up working a walk. Um, You know, I don't know how much longer this is going to go on with the pinch hitting of Nico for Elijah. Um, I know a lot of people really don't like it. Elijah is definitely your higher ceiling guy. Um, but Elijah, I mean, Elijah also didn't show many reasons for being in there in those big moments this weekend, I thought. I mean, I thought Nico, I mean, yeah, I get why people are frustrated at times. And Nico made Nico made some plays. Like, he put some pressure on the defense, and um, 
he did his job. And look, I mean, Elijah, like you said, has not consistently proven that he can go up there and not strike out in a big situation. Or, you know, I mean, when he hits them, they go 489 feet. Like, we've seen that. They go viral. But, you know, 489 feet, you know, those those home runs don't win you every game. They don't win you in moments. Um, so... I don't know. I don't know how many options Florida State even really has off the bench and, and meets trying to figure it out. And especially the Sunday game, there just wasn't a lot of options. You didn't have Nelson. Maybe you could have gone Simmons, but Simmons and Baldor as likely to I mean, strike Shooch, out. Shooch was also already in there, right? I mean, I, I just think you also want to get a lefty in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are definitely reasons tough. to do it, but the the thinking behind hitting him fourth and you know, you want to have trust. You want to have a guy up there in your forehole. I mean, we've talked about it, having the guys that you, you're going to be able to rely on. And Florida State's got to have guys to rely on. And if you can't rely on your forehitter, you're going to be in trouble, I think. My biggest confusion, my bigger confusion, was why Garrett Mathis was pulled. I mean, I know you wanted Isaiah Perry and the speed, but it's just the situation. I don't know. It was weird. And I just thought because it was a two-run game, it didn't really make sense because that run. We needed Mathis. I mean, it matters, but. It's just it's not a tying run. I mean, I guess to put pressure out there, try to make an error with IP on the bases. Um, yeah, I think I mean Mathis is a guy I think would have put the ball in play there for sure. For sure, as he showed the whole weekend. But um, next question: Why in the world are we bunting with the bases loaded? I think we kind of already covered that pretty well earlier. Um, averaging 13 Ks a game at the plate. What's the plan to fix it? From Ken Adams. It ain't gonna get fixed. I'm just preparing you. The plan, more bunting. <laughs> I mean, more, more, more looking for infield sing. Like guys, like this team is, it's got a lot of swing and miss. The plan from meat isn't going to change. It's going to be guys have to buy in more to what they are selling to them. Guys just have to understand it more. Guys have to do it better. I mean, it's going to be oh oh fastballs, middle third. I mean, up in the count, middle third fastballs. I mean, he just he wants the guys to take advantage of favorable counts, and they haven't been able to do it yet. Um, you know, they've still been able to work the walks, but they haven't done damage in favorable counts yet, which I think Meat was counting on. Um, you know, the strike counts are going to be there. Um, and I, I would just say the plan to fix it in those big situations was kind of what they did and what you just said. I mean, Bunt put pressures on the team in different ways. We saw hit and runs this week. I mean, guys just got to execute. I don't think there's a huge change in – in the, the approach uh, from meat and the game plan, it's just got to be guys executing. It's got to be getting your best guys healthy. It's got to be having depth. Um, yeah, I think that would be my entire answer. There's a lot of offenses struggling right now in college baseball. Um, I saw Virginia on Sunday basically revert to let's sack bunt in the first inning and oh, second. Like it was oh, Ryan O'Connor was like, man. and if you're a Virginia fan, you know, like no one, no one, no one listening to this is a Virginia fan, but. <laughs> I'm saying if you are a Virginia fan, let's flip it. Like how if, frustrating is what your oh. offense has been to start the year, right? Like you're losing games three to two and two to one, two to nothing. It's got to be excruciating. Brian O'Connor basically was like, you know what? I'm taking the bat out of these kids' hands. They and sacked Bunsen in the first and second <laughs> inning, and they hadn't scored an earned run on the weekend. And I was just like, so you know, I what? mean, Bell did the same thing against Connor on, on is, last Sunday too. I was like, he, I think he sacked Bunsen the two of the first three innings. And I personally hate it. Like, I, I hate sack bunts. Like, I think... I don't like them early in games. I like I'm them fine eighth, with them. eighth inning in a 1-1 game, and you need to move a guy from second to third, do it. I like. Other than that, yeah. I want my guys swinging. And the only way to fix it, you know, guys have to recognize pitches better. A little more Tyler Martin, a uh, little bit less of Elijah Cabell. The Pamela Re- Nevitt yeah. approach. Reese and Robbie are striking out a ton right now, too. And 
I actually believe Martin and Reese will start to to be more consistent at putting the ball in play. So those numbers will go down as a team. Um, but yeah, you know what the key is, Brett? It's what happened Saturday. They got into better counts. They laid up. Robbie Martin wasn't swinging at pitches at his head. Well, like, Saturday, I just thought a lot of it had to do with the opposite field approach and just not trying yeah. to pull everything. And You're not you supposed know. to try to homer. Like, you need to put a good swing on the ball, and the well, home runs will come as a result of well, home I mean, runs are mistakes, right? Like, usually they're mistakes by pitchers. Well, yeah, so, I, think, I think Robbie said something to that point when I spoke to him, just that, you know, T-Holt always tells them, you know, hitters don't hit homers, pitchers throw homers. I mean, and, and that's just got to be the approach they kind of take with it. I don't think they're trying to homer all the time. I don't, I, but I, I think a lot of it just has to do with pressing. I just, I, and guys not, and guys thinking too much. I just think they need to think less, attack fastball. Attack fastball and adjust. It shouldn't, it shouldn't really be much other than that at that point, at this point, I think. This week's going to be really interesting for me because I think this is about the time of the season, 10 games or so in, after you kind of get over that initial, I don't want to call it a shock, but like it's different when you start seeing arms that aren't your own because yeah. you've seen them for months. So after game about 10 for me, it's like, and FSU hasn't had midweek opportunities, folks, to go against like depleted pitching yeah. staffs and, you know, guys seven and eight pitchers. So that's a good point. USF, big opportunity um, at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's really good, um, and their arms have been far more impressive than I thought they would be. But you're going to have to score at Virginia Tech. But yeah, but I think this is the weekend where I'm like, yeah. let's see if some of these guys can put the ball in play more. So, um, to be to be announced on the strikeout numbers, we're we're nine games in, so let's keep it going. Um, one more question from Kendall Anise. Um, catching situation with question mark. Um, that's a good question, actually. I mean, it's a question I asked Neat, and he said after the game, we really don't know. That was kind of his answer. We don't know. It's a long story, but Florida State has a lot going on there. Um. You know, Colton Vincent is the backup to Nelson. Nelson's got the thumb injury. Um, I saw Nelly walking out of the stadium on Sunday. Just He just said that he thinks, as so far, so good on the reports back. No torn ligaments. Um, still has a cast on his hand. Just kind of in a wait-and-see mode right now. But um, I think he, he, he feels like he's going to be back here at some point. Um, Baz Jimenez, who would be Florida State's third catcher and is a really good freshman prospect, um, he had an arm injury, a bad arm injury over the uh, Christmas break, um, out for the season with an arm injury. Doug Kirkland was supposed to be Florida State's emergency catcher. Kirkland is the pitcher now, but he caught last year when he came in. He's dealing with an arm injury, can't throw right now. Um, and Florida State's got no other guys that have caught at any level above Little League, basically. Um, you know, I think he said they've put Jackson Green in gear. I've seen Richie Morales in, green, in gear before. Um, but they just don't have another option besides Vincent right now. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't a, a roster problem. It's just an injury problem. Like I said before, Florida State's just got the injury bug right now. Um, not, not many ways to explain it. Um, it's a tough situation they're in right now. And, and they're, they're trying a lot of different things, I think, to figure it out. I have nothing to add legitimately back to you <laughs> that's, that's all i got in the mailbag cool good mailbag all right cool uh usf let's touch on them for a minute or two here and then wrap up i think it's been a, a pretty solid podcast episode usf is a team that started out getting swept by florida gulf coast uh sorry fgcu they they do not like it when you call them florida gulf coast university it's fgcu um 
Yeah, and then they turn it around. I mean, they've won seven straight. They just swept Stetson, who's good. The only other four games they played were against uh, FAMU, Jamie Shoup's FAMU. So uh, they hit. They got three guys hitting plus 400. Uh, 400 plus, excuse me. It's almost 1 a.m., I apologize. But um, they're going to hit. I don't know if their arms are any good, especially not on a Tuesday. Uh, they're going with a guy I talked to coach. I'll, I'll actually be calling that one again on ACC Network Extra, but uh, I talked to their coach who's who's a good dude, um, and uh, he he said 90 to 94 with the fastball has good stuff. Command has been an issue, which I, in my head thought, excellent. That, that could go well for Florida State. <laughs> Did you say that to him? No, in my head. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Florida State going to go with Carson Montgomery. I think those are the storylines, right? Can yeah. Florida State's offense figure something out? Can Carson Montgomery – um, be in a less of a pressure situation where he can work on some mechanics and work on his command. It was really not there against Pitt. Like it was, it was just he lost it and it was gone. Um, the stuff's really good, and I know they want to use Clayton Kwiatkowski at some point and get some guys some work on Tuesday. It would be really nice if uh, Florida State's offense came to life and kind of helped them out a little. Um, but other things that I noticed about USF. Um, They've had some clutch hits this season. They're young. They're top two hitters. Um, they're number one and number two leadoff. Their leadoff hitter and their second hitter are freshmen. Um, they've got some pop in their lineup. They got one guy with, I think, four or five home runs. And, yeah, it's going to be an interstate battle. Folks, when people play Florida State, it means something to them. So USF, I do think, is going to to try and come in and get a, a big W for themselves and for their resume. And, uh, yeah, midweek battle, first one of the year, Brett. Yeah, well, first on Stewart um, – Big-bodied right-handed pitcher. Seems like he's got good stuff. Commanders, he's like you said, but 143 batting average against in eight innings this year. 10 Ks, only four hits allowed, only one extra base hit. Um, so I think this will be a, another challenge strikeout-wise for Florida State. I think they'll make him work. I think you'll see them get deep into USF's pen, who I don't think has many proven guys. Um, you know, this is a game that I would really like to see Florida State put up some runs. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever been more excited to see a pitcher throw in a midweek than I am to see Carson Montgomery tomorrow and how he responds to things. I think Meat said he's thrown, um, two live scrimmages in a bullpen since his last outing, and he's looked really good in all of them. Um, I don't know how long they expect to go with him this weekend. I mean, this midweek game, um, but you know, Florida state, like I said, they did not use a lot of guys this weekend out of the pen. So, I mean, they're going to have all their guys ready to go. I think this is a game that Florida State is going to take really seriously. Um, take it as a game that can, you know, come kind of catapult them into, into this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, they really don't want to lose that momentum off those first two games from the weekend. Um, kind of wipe out Sunday a bit, uh, get back on the win, in the win column, go into uh, Virginia Tech with a, uh, what would it be, 500 record? So, I mean, yeah, and just don't really know what Florida State's lineup is going to look like either, but um, just excited to see Carson get back on the mound, hopefully see some better release points from him and just some more consistency. Um, I think this is a good opportunity for Carson to show who he really is on the mound and, and the stuff that he really possesses. Yeah, maybe a home run would be nice too. The whole weekend against Virginia, neither team hit one out of the park. Not fun for a play-by-play guy. Aria does not call homers anymore. It's just like, curse. what happened? You know, like no, I was waiting. Nothing happened. Not even one from Virginia either. Nothing. Yeah, the whole weekend Holy it was. Moly. You know what though? As a play-by-play guy, I do love games like Friday where both guys are cruising, and you're out of there in like two hours and thirty-five minutes. That's that's how you work. Love those. Yeah. But, uh, but, also mean, love home runs. You know. You love the K ball. The K ball. Yeah. Some <laughs> apparently one person doesn't. Um, 
But anyway, uh, Florida State and USF and uh, should be uh, a lot of fun. USF's got a guy hitting 516 through 31 at-bats. They hit, man. Holy moly. Um, the question Where did is, USF get these kids? Yeah, I don't know the, the quality of pitching that they faced. Um, Stetson. I mean, Stetson's got to have some really arms. Good. Yeah, they do. And I mean, they're really, people have been really high on Stetson this year, but um, it's been a wild, it's been such a wild like college I mean, baseball, like UCF. Did they just get swept by Liberty after winning two yes. or three at Ole Miss? Yes, and I, I think they're three and seven. I don't understand. I mean, I mean, like, USF starters: five sixteen, four sixty two, three forty eight, three thirty three, three thirty three. I mean, damn, that's that's pretty good. We'll see. Should be fun, Carson. You know, if Carson's on, he's going to be able to handle it. I think. Oh yeah. And so, a lot to look forward to. Um, until I think. We'll probably have one more podcast this week to, to preview Virginia Tech. Uh, please send us some questions um, on Twitter. You can find us at Sunday Golds. And uh, our email is sundaygoldspod at gmail.com. Um, I did have a, a kind lady find my, uh, my personal email and told me that the, it is actually, it's not pronounced flew out, it's flied out. She said she was uh, an English teacher of 40 years and told me it would make her very happy if I corrected that. So I, I think I did. I, I hope it made you smile. It's a gel-off or gel-off? I know. Holy crap. <laughs> How do I do that? It's a long weekend for Arya. It's a long week coming up, too. Yeah. He's having some fun over here. I don't care about my week. Listen, man. Florida State baseball doing their thing. And uh, Knowles and Bulls, the battle, an interstate battle between uh, the Seminoles. And the, the war on I-75. No. And I-10. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't you can't use that. Um, but anyway, folks, appreciate you. Please send us an email. Tweet at us. Um, and let's uh, let's talk again soon. Florida State, Virginia Tech coming up. Hope the Knowles are 5-5. Five and five. And uh, please, again, rate us, our podcast, on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, please share with your friends. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, hope to continue.